everybody. It's Dave Rosendahl. Welcome back to another episode. And what we're going to do over the next three episodes is get into how Facebook works. And I think this is really important for you as you're thinking about how to use Facebook to engage your audience, whether you're a commercial printer, an agency, marketing services company, and you're trying to find new and engaging ways to reach out and engage your community, your audience, your clients, your prospects, or if you're offering Facebook and digital marketing as part of the service that you offer your clients, then I think there's some really important things going on with Facebook that you need to know. And so over the next three episodes, I'm going to dig into how Facebook actually shows you content. And there's some really, really important facets here that you need to understand if you're going to use Facebook to engage your audience or if you're offering this as a service to your clients. So today, we're going to start with looking at a report that they just released around the most viewed content in the newsfeed. So I assume everybody's on Facebook, but if you're not, or if you want a refresher on what I mean by the newsfeed, when you open up the Facebook app on your phone, the newsfeed is generally the first thing that you see. And so Facebook just released a report to show what content was most widely viewed by Americans. So this is just in the United States in the last quarter. And the lists include posts from President Biden, a video from Five Minute Crafts, and then some posts that are kind of like arguments about whether you should put sugar on spaghetti and, and some stuff that I'm really just not tuned into. But the report that they've released is somewhat in response to what you've probably heard that some of the platform's posts, those that have the most engagement, the most interaction are from right-wing sources that critics say could actually have a detrimental effect on users. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to combat that. And in doing so, I think you, and I get some really good insight into how Facebook works. And the goal of this is so that you can craft better content on Facebook and other social platforms to engage your audience. Okay, so I'm sharing this news with you so that you can look at it through that lens. And that's what I wanna draw out for you. So Facebook says that the report shows what people actually see on the platform, as opposed to what content on Facebook gets the most interaction. Um, so that's an interesting insight. They're also going to be creating these reports on a quarterly basis in the future. So if you like this kind of information, please let me know. Send me an email, david.rosendahl at mindfireinc.com or wait to the end. I'm going to give you my cell phone number where you can text me and you can give me some feedback there. So the picture that this paints by Facebook's own admission is incomplete. So just keep that in mind as we kind of step through the high level overview of what they're seeing here. What they released in this report covers the public news feed. In other words, the content that US viewers would have seen in what's called publicly available content. And this is roughly the period of April to June. As I record this, we are in September. So it's been a few months, but the information is still highly relevant to what you need to know in order to use Facebook effectively. It has sections in the report that show, for example, the top 20 domains, the top links, the top pages, top posts in terms of views. And in the next episode, I'll get into more of those details as well as then in the third episode, they released a companion guide that describes how the algorithm works. Some of the details that have previously been unpublished. So you're going to want to tune into that episode as well, because I'm going to step into how that works. And by the way, I'll make this report available in the blog post for this podcast. So my team will link them up in the show notes. Go get them if you want to see the data that Facebook has released, if you want to read the reports yourself. Now, one of the things that's really interesting, they showed the post that has the most views. It had 80.6 million views. It's by a guy named, 
and I'm probably going to mangle this, Gower Gopal Das, and forgive me, Gower, if I mispronounced your name, but let me describe to you what you're seeing here in this post, what I see here in this post, and then my team's going to link it up in this blog as well so you can go see it. It's basically a post that has an image, and it says at the top of it, it says, first three words you see are your reality. And it has kind of a box drawn around it, kind of like somebody drew with black marker around that text. And then below it, there is a giant block of text with what seems like a bunch of random letters. But if you look closely, you start to see words emerge. Like right now, I just looked and I see the word change that came out at me. Let me see if I see another word here. I see power just jumped out at me. So we'll link this up in the show notes. You'll take a look at that and see what jumps out at you. But again, at the top, it says first three words you see are your reality. That's in the image. And then beneath that text in the image still are these jumbled letters or what appear to be a bunch of just random letters in a big block of text. Now, at the top of the post where this person wrote some text, you know how you can write some text at the top of your post, it says whether this is your reality or not, this is certainly interesting, period. The first three words I saw were gratitude, connection, and change, period. What are the first three words you see, question mark? Now, the reason why I'm telling you exactly how this post was written is because I believe that if you subscribe to the notion of opti-channel marketing, which is that you need to be in the channels where your audience or where your client's audience is, you need to also understand how to contextualize content to be native to that platform. You need to write it in a way that that platform is going to bless it with more views, more impressions, and more engagement. So I'm being very specific about telling you these details because these are the types of things you need to tune into to understand how to use these platforms effectively. So there's three lines of text. In between each line of text, there's a space and a return, if you will. There's a blank line. And the first two have a period after them, and the last one is a question, okay? And there are 1.1 million engagements, so that's like people pressing like or the heart, you know, those types of things. 7 million comments and 394,000 shares. So again, 1.1 million engagements, 7 million comments, that's a lot, and 394,000 shares. That's the number one post in terms of views. So that's what they talk about here in this report, that the most viewed post is this letter scramble that invites you as the reader to pick up the first three words that you see. The second most viewed post asks users over 30, so those of you who are over the age of 30, to post a picture of themselves if they look young. It's really interesting. It drives engagement by asking you to post a picture of yourself. Now, there's a full list of all these posts along with links and screenshots. In the next episode, I'm going to go into more detail in each of those because I think they all have very important lessons for you as an opti-channel marketer. B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. These lessons apply if you want to learn how to drive engagement with your audience, okay? That, again, is the important lesson that I'm trying to tease out of this for you. So as I look through the lists of content and other information, it's fairly tame stuff. There's not a lot of things that I would consider inflammatory or incendiary. The most viewed domains, which are the website links that got the most views, are sites like YouTube, UNICEF, I saw Spotify, CBS News, and some of the most viewed pages. So these are not people sharing content. They are Facebook pages that are built for something called Woof Woof. I don't even know what that is. I'm going to have to go check that out. And another page called Kitchen Fun with My Three Sons. The seventh most viewed link, for those of you who like cats, <laughs> I know that a lot of my audience are, are animal people, is a GIF of kittens. It's just a picture of kittens. 
And when I scroll up and I look here at the third most popular, it's a UNICEF page for India's COVID-19 crisis, a post about that. So I've heard that Facebook's tools, their internal tools, and a lot of the reporting online has shown or has claimed that a lot of the right-wing content from people like Ben Shapiro and Sean Hannity are the things that are driving or getting the most interactions from users on Facebook. And I know that Facebook folks are aware of that perception. In fact, I think it was in July, the New York Times ran a story that described how data published by journalists led to a battle within Facebook about whether it should be as open as possible with us around what users are engaging with. Or if, on the other hand, perhaps not sharing that information with us made Facebook look a little bit better, right? So as the New York Times put it, it was a clash between transparency and image management within Facebook. Now, if you follow Facebook and you're a student of Mark Zuckerberg and that team, I don't know how you feel about them. I generally feel that they are trying to do the right thing, but it is a very complex situation and very difficult to navigate. So they've denied that kind of characterization. And they say, in fact, I have a quote here from their VP of integrity. His name is Guy Rosen. He says, the narrative that has emerged is quite simply wrong. This was on a call that he did with some reporters. And he went on to say that the goal of releasing this data that I'm sharing with you here in this podcast is to give an accurate representation of content on Facebook. So while the, the report is interesting, what I want you to remember, it's not exactly representative of everything that Facebook users actually see. In fact, Facebook itself says in the report that the top posts were less than 0.1% of the content viewed by folks here in the U.S. And according to their data, the percentage is similar for the top 20 links, though the domains made up almost 2% of the U.S. newsfeed. It's really interesting if you think about these are the most active and most engaged, most viewed posts, but they really still represent just a small fraction of what people see. Now, as an opti-channel practitioner, you need to pay attention to what kind of content works on Facebook. And I argue you need to do the same thing on LinkedIn. Here's something I think you need to write down, something you need to commit to memory, okay? There are three types of posts that this report goes on to kind of analyze. I'll go into more detail in the next episode. But what I want you to know is they look at posts that have no links. They look at posts that have links. Those are posts that exclude these highly viewed news domains. So they pull out the news sites, okay? That's the second type of post. And then the third type are content that have links that include these news domains. So what I wanna do is I wanna to talk to you about how Facebook looks at each one of those and give you some insight into what actually gets the most views, okay? Do posts that have no links in them or is it a post with content that has a link to something that's other than a news site? That's the second category. Or is it content that links to a news site? Why don't you take a moment? What do you think? What do you think the answer is to that? Which one of those is going to get the most views. The answer is, here you go. It's content views, it's posts with no links. If you've been in any of our training around LinkedIn or if you've heard me on any of our webinars, you know that I talk a lot about that as it pertains to LinkedIn, but the same is true on Facebook. 87.1% of the content that makes up the most widely viewed stuff on Facebook are things that are posts that don't have any links to any outside content. So content that links out to other sites does not make up a large portion of the views. I think that's really important because you need to understand how the algorithm works. That's what we're going to get into in the third episode in this series here. And I'll go into more about why that's important and why you need to know that. But I want you to make a mental note of that right now. The other caveat is that these data, what I'm describing to you here, 
in this report are the data from content that's publicly available. Remember I mentioned that at the beginning. This report doesn't include things that were shared in private groups or private profiles that can't be seen by most people as Facebook claims that would be a violation of privacy and that makes sense, right? Groups, Facebook groups specifically, are actually not included in this either. And, you know, I've heard, I've seen, and I would tend to agree that Facebook groups are a large source of the misinformation and bad behavior that you see on Facebook. And I know they're working hard to figure out how do we enforce our rules? How do we create new ones? How do we manage these groups so that they're less of a problem? But just keep that in mind, this does not include things like Facebook groups. So the news feed, as you're scrolling through it, the news feed is personalized, right? You know that. I think you've heard about the algorithm. And so you and me and our friends and our family, we're only seeing a sliver of what Facebook users on the whole are looking at as they go through that feed. So I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about this. Now, to build on that idea, Facebook has also been really clear that there's a difference between what people see on Facebook, what you and I see on Facebook, what our friends and family see, and what we actually interact with. This report only touches on the former. In other words, what we see. There is an argument to be made, though, that what people interact with is what will actually affect them the most. So you're more likely to remember something you commented on than something you scrolled past. Okay, so I could buy that argument for sure. Plus, as I noted earlier, this report, again, is only showing a tiny slice of that news feed because Facebook users, you and, and me and all the others, are getting a custom news feed. It's specific to you, specific to me. So they can really only summarize a bit of the data, right, which ends up actually leaving out a lot. So I hope this information has been useful to you. In the next episode, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go deeper into the most widely viewed content on Facebook and I'm going to go through like the top 20 posts. I'm going to describe those to you. And again, we'll link them up in the blog so you can see them. But I want you to understand what I see as a practitioner of OptiChannel. OptiChannel, again, is the idea that you need to engage your market on the channels that are optimal for them. Okay. And for many businesses, whether you're in B2B, B2C, whether you're a printer, you're an agency, you're a marketing services company, what you need to do is you need to create content and engage your market where they're hanging out. The market doesn't care about what you think, okay? The market doesn't care where you like to hang out. You need to be where they hang out. And that, for many companies, is Facebook. And so in the next episode, I want to share with you what people are actually seeing on Facebook. I'm going to tease some of that out. I'm going to give you some of the insights that you need to know so that you can be a better marketer on Facebook, all right? Well, before you go, I have one special announcement here at the end. I want you to text me. I'm going to tell you about a texting community here, and then I'm going to see you in the next episode. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now, and I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast so I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it, and my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave. It's, you know, whatever your name is. And it will add you to my phone. 
and then it's gonna shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm gonna be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, only things that you can get through this texting platform. And also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community, you know, we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work, things that as a software company, you know, we just don't do. But I think many of you probably want to know about those things. And we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, you can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.